Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi guys, this is Janny from Fancy Football Scout and you're listening to my team selection. If you'd like to watch live, the stream happens on YouTube every Wednesday. So if you're interested, just search Fancy Football Scout. Thanks for listening. Hello everyone, welcome to Janny's team selection ahead of game week 10. A little bit early uh, this week because you're, you're jet setting around the globe, Janny. Yeah, I'm off to Qatar, uh, uh, what, six weeks before the FIFA World Cup, for the World Cup that matters, the Street Child World Cup. Um, so I'm very excited about that. And yeah, I'm off on, I'm off on, yeah, I'm, on Wednesday, I've got a busy day as I'm at St. George's Park. It's the 10 year anniversary at St. George's Park. Uh, so I'm there for a celebration event uh, to wish off, uh, to send off Team England who are taking part in the Street Child World Cup and then flying that night. So yeah, it's full on week. Um, I might miss a bit of the Champions League football this week, which I'm not, Excited. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm gutted about. I might miss a bit of the Champions League football this week that I'm gutted about. Um, and I think Champions League will make a big difference to my team selection come the Thursday, Friday. I'm definitely holding transfers until the end of the week mm. for obvious reasons. Yeah, it's, it's kind of big old push now, isn't it, between now and the end of the season? We've got the Champions League, we've got midweek games coming up as well. Uh, you know, we've even got all these games like rearranged. We're probably not going to see any of those dropped in before into this end. You know, before the end of the of the year. But still, it's it's great. It's it's a quite exciting time. So I mean, this weekend we've got a lot to cover from from last weekend. We could talk about some of your early plans um, going into the next game week. Um, but yeah, it's nice that you're doing something. You know, with all the controversy around Qatar and you know all yeah. the all the issues people have, and you're doing like the most noble thing imaginable, raising awareness for homeless children. Around the world in the in the Street Child World Cup, so yeah, so come on, Team England. Yeah, Team England are being represented by Everton in the community. So all like the Premier League clubs obviously have like a foundation and a community arm. Uh, Everton in the community do amazing work, and as you can imagine, like there's some deprived areas in Liverpool, and Everton in the community work with a lot of vulnerable young kids in the area. England are a funny one because they're like the only country taking part where we don't have an issue with kids living and working on the street. Mm. You know, I countries in south america africa and asia of course they do but being a uk-based charity we need a team england so everton will be great and i'm really excited to meet the lads at st george's park on wednesday yeah you have to keep us updated with what's going on in, in that oh week. don't you worry mate my social channels <laughs> <laughs> we'll see some great goals from the uh from the kids yeah. uh excellent and um, before we get into your um, points let's talk a bit about our sponsor for this video uh which is spitch uh you have got some knowledge of, of spitch haven't you Jenny? they sponsor fest um, they were at Fest and people were kind of trying the game out. Um, there's the free season mode um, with £2,500 in the prize pool. 
there's the paid for version as well where you can put your own money in obviously if you are depositing any money into any of these games uh, it's for 18 plus only uh, gambleaware.co.uk don't spend any money that you can't afford to lose i know uh, times are hard at the moment and, and people are struggling so this isn't you know something that you know you should be backing on to make money is purely something to do as a bit of extra uh, fun uh, if you're enjoying fpl it's a new way of kind of playing and yeah. and enjoying um uh, fantasy football so yeah do you want to just talk a bit about about spitch and, and kind of how it works yeah i mean it's great you can just you can dip your toe in the water by playing the free game you know that's that's the game i've been playing this season uh like, play fpl for the same reason right it's about bragging rights with your mates it's about involving a little community building a little mini leagues and going yeah this is where i'm at um and your whatsapp conversations with your friends are all about the fantasy sports you've played over the weekend whether it's fpl or spitch um that spitch is cool because if you're really into stats and i'm guessing a lot of people watching this this channel are if you signed up to scout you care about those underlying statistics. Now, the, the beauty of Spitch is it focuses on similar sorts of stats to FPL's bonus point system. 32 metrics make up the bonus point system. If you don't know what they are, definitely go check them out. You'll find it somewhere on the Scout website. You'll probably see some pods about the BPS. Um, but the, the scoring system on Spitch is very, very similar. So you're rewarded for things like successful tackles and key passes and interceptions and blocks. So it's really cool. And you can see your, your players performing mm. in real time, which I absolutely love. Yeah, and they earn like hundreds of points every match because yeah. the, 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 the bonus point system is like a separate game within a game of, of points. But obviously you only earn the maximum of three, whereas yeah. in Spitch all the players kind of earn um, the absolute uh, maximum. Um, if you are you know feeling that you've missed out and you know you, you know the season's already started and you haven't started spitch yet um it takes your best five scores across yeah. the season as well which is great so you can join anytime um enter into the free season mode uh give it a go um if you do want to give it a go there's a qr code on the screen right now so just take a quick screenshot if you're watching this on mobile or whip your phone out and and, and scan the qr code uh give spitch a try and let us know kind of uh what you think um, excellent. Right. Let's talk about, there's a kind of game week still in progress uh, a little bit. I mean, yeah. not so much for you. You haven't got any um, Leicester or, or Forest players. Um, 78 points for you, though, this week. Big score. Pope in goal uh, with two. Cancelo with one. Perisic with one. And James with two. Not the best start. Uh, luckily for you, it starts getting a bit better now. Uh, Trippy with seven. De Bruyne with eight. Uh, Gordon with one. Hey, what's he doing? Uh, not playing. Uh, Marcelo with four. Kane with six. Mitrovic, we're talking about here with zero, and then um, a lesser-known player who plays for Man City called Erling Haaland, who managed to get 46 points uh, against um, Man United. And I believe on our last stream, we were advising people to captain Salah over Haaland, uh, Danny. Hopefully no one listened to us because we were very, very, very wrong, weren't we? We were indeed, mate. I said, if you own both, you absolutely captain Mo. It's a chance to go against the obvious. However, I also said I wouldn't be beelining for Mo and I didn't feel like I needed to own him. I actually said last week, as and, and I stick to it. Last week was the first week in FPL that I can remember in a very long time where I wasn't nervous not owning Mo Salah, mm. especially in a home fixture against a, a lesser opposition. Sorry, Brighton, but, you know, <laughs> one you expect goals in. And whilst I said, if you own both, definitely captain him, completely wrong with that homer hands up. At the same time, I also said, he's a hold if you own him, but he's not a must you need to buy. So I was never even considered owning Salah. I committed to going without Salah for a few weeks when I wildcarded a week ago or two weeks ago. But yeah, I mean, 
thank goodness for Haaland as I feel like you know <laughs> we we got a tad lucky or players like me who didn't have any big scores anywhere else so reliant on that one man like it looks like a really good game week a healthy green arrow but really I just captained the template guy that everyone else did yeah I mean his, his ownership was 168% I think effective, okay. effective ownership on, on live FPL so obviously it's really really high but it's still not, I mean, 200%, if you're not familiar, would be, you know, kind of everyone in the game has, has captained him. Um, 300% would be everyone has triple captained him, for example. Yeah. So anything over 100% means if you haven't captained him, then you're going to be losing, loss. losing kind of on those points. But 168%, I mean, that's still a bit of an increase, right? He's not at the 180, 185. I think at 160%, it's, it was a week in which, you know, we did see some people deviating a little bit. We did see some Salah captains. We've got a few Madison captainers around. I saw, I saw a couple of Sinistera captainers oh, on gosh, Twitter. Can you, you imagine? Wow. Can you imagine? Yeah. You minus... I think there was about 15 or 16 Trossard captainers, yeah. I think FPL tweeted. Yeah, yeah. There was also some Manchester United, I think it was 15 Manchester United fans who triple captained Haaland um, as well. Oh, uh, wow. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, you know, although obviously his, his captaincy was really hard, we even saw some, you know, big names in the community. Praz, for example, went for Salah. Uh, Let's Talk Andy went for Salah as well. So if you did go for a differential captain... You know, I think it was a week to maybe roll the dice. I don't think anyone was really predicting Man City to go nuclear on United in the way they did. But it was a hell of a performance from them, wasn't it? It was. And we said last week, it's still a good fixture. We said on this very stream, like, don't see that Manchester derby and think it's going to be tight. Like, the way City are playing, when Sky Sports brought up the graphic during the game of the like last six or last ten home games, I can't remember what the stat was. They'd, I, you can see the scores. They'd scored three or more goals in all of those games. Like City at home in the Premier League are a banker for three or more goals. And yeah, against United, they went and got six. The, I guess the real win yesterday was for those that went double City attack. Mm. So if you had Haaland and Foden as you did as, it's a worldie week. If you had Haaland and De Bruyne, you're still very happy. So, so yeah, it's nice to have the combination. Even with that blank game week in 12, I felt like people that were wildcarding last week or when I did in game week eight, I saw quite a few going without Triple City. And I remember saying, Triple City is an absolute must at the moment because no team is scoring goals like them. It doesn't matter that they don't have a game in game week 12. That's fine. If you have to sell one of them in game week 12, do it and bring them back. Mm. Or if you have to go into game week 12 with 10 men, well, that's fine too, because how many of your players play at 8, 9, 10 and 11 in your starting 11 most weeks get two points? Mm. Well, you, 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 you give up those two points and that's absolutely fine because it means come game week 13, you're still on Triple City, you've still got Martinelli. I think you're in a good position. Yeah, I mean, you can't really go wrong, can you, with with any any city players kind of at the moment? I think you've got you've got Haaland, you've got De Bruyne, you've got Cancelo, you've got Foden. They're the kind of mainstays. But I mean, I've got Diaz, for example. I know he was kind of he didn't play, but I'm hoping he kind of comes right back in. I'm wondering if he's going to be a bit of a headache, but I'm hoping that was just a bit of a rest or a bit of a tactical thing against the pace of United. And you know, they still conceded a couple of goals, so I'm imagining Diaz yeah. kind of comes comes back in. Um, you know, Walker owners will be kind of, but you know, people with, with Edison um, are good. You know, there's a few people like Bernardo Silva. I mean, Grealish yeah. had an absolutely outstanding game. He did. As well. So, you know, maybe he can become a factor. Uh, but let's let's talk about the other hat-trick, the other hat-trick player. We mentioned mm. Haaland. Um, Foden, he's a bit of a favourite of both of ours. Um, yeah. You don't own him. You've gone to Bruyne instead. Uh, he's already gone up in price. There's lots of people moving for Foden. It's Southampton at home next. I mean, his performance was great, and you know, I've, I've said quite on quite a few different streams when he's when he's not having to play on the left, when yeah. Grealish is in the side, Foden is a is a standout option. 
And yeah. I can't see Grealish being dropped after that. Yeah, I mean, the reason Pep was okay about selling Gabriel Jesus and Sterling was because he knows down that right-hand side he's probably going to play Foden this season. Mm. And we've seen it so far. And yeah, boy, like the goal involvements every time City score, it's either Haaland, De Bruyne or Foden. Those three, so, so good. And my loose plan as was to go De Bruyne to Salah around game week 11 and 12. And then come game week 13, to go back to Triple City, keep Salah, but somehow get Foden into the midfield. That was always my loose plan. Now I'm not so sure. I might just keep De Bruyne and not go for Salah. Um, but look, Foden's an unbelievable option. What we've seen so far this season is him nail down that, spot mainly on the right-hand side. And even when he plays left, he's still dangerous. We're not seeing Foden in a midfield three as we thought we might a little mm. bit more this season. That seems to that seems to be a position of the past. Like that's where he broke through as. Everyone called him the next David Silva. We never really saw him break into that City eleven consistently playing in the middle. And he, he shouldn't be because he's so good in front of goal. We want him higher up the pitch. He's a deadly finisher. And yeah, the link with Haaland's so good. And he can also play loads of minutes. Like Pep has said, like this guy doesn't need rests. He's he's pretty resilient. So even when he plays in the Champions League, we never look at Foden and go, oh, is he going to be rested? I feel like we have assurances most week, most weeks that like we do with De Bruyne, we do with Haaland, we do with Cancelo. We're almost putting Foden in that bracket now as a, as a we're confident he's in that starting 11 every week. Because last season and the year before, when I've owned him at times mm. and you, we've gone... He's pretty nailed, but not nailed. It's 80% likely. And you're always nervous come come that team sheet on a Saturday. Well, now we're not. We just know he's in the 11. Yeah. I mean, he played 2,000 minutes last season. He played 1,600 minutes the season before that. 800 minutes the season before that. So it's steadily right. kind of going going up. He started every game this season, um, but he went off at 45 minutes against Bournemouth and 54 minutes against Forest. But he started okay. every game this season. Yeah, It's eight game weeks in a row he started now. And I mean, the first sub he had was because Pep was furious with him for not, not scoring the ball to Foden. Mm. And the other game he came off was when they were 4-0 up against Nottingham Forest. So he really is a key cog in, in this City attack. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he is. I think I think he'll he'll be in my team if De Bruyne ever goes out of it. But the way mm. De Bruyne is playing at the mm. moment, again, like I know Foden got huge points yesterday. De Bruyne got the two assists. De Bruyne could have had more. Um, he could have definitely had more. Um, and it, I think De Bruyne had the first shot on target in the game after like five minutes. Haaland header blocked, came out to De Bruyne five, six yards out. De Gea made a good save. And I did think, oh, that would have been an amazing goal for me mm. to start us off. A minute later, you know, Haaland scored anyway. But I do think the link up there is so good. I still prefer De Bruyne over Foden. If you're talking value, then maybe Foden the better asset. But in terms of reliability... I just think De Bruyne, I'm loving him playing on the shoulder of Haaland. Yeah. Uh, final question on Foden then, because obviously we've got this kind of 8 million bracket at the start of the season that we were all kind of looking at. You know, yeah. with Saka, with Foden, with Madison, with Diaz, all these guys. Foden's now at the top um, of that pile, 51 points over these weeks. Uh, next, it's Saka with 39. So looking at kind of 12 points difference between those. Yeah. Uh, Diaz on 36. Obviously, Madison is playing tonight, so he could hit a big hole and it kind of goes way up. But... Do you think Foden's winning that battle for the 8 million mid-slot now? Would he be the one yeah, that you go for? Yeah, so easily, so comfortably. Um, I've not had an 8 million midfielder all season, mm. I don't think. I, I started the season without one. And do you remember there were so many options? We all wanted two or three of them. Mm. I remember having none because I went threemium. And then I went threemium when I wildcarded again. So I, I, that is the compromise I'm making in my squad. But as I said, the plan might still be to go for Foden. The others haven't massively appealed. I do think Saka is the closest to him and the points are showing that. Um, but if you've got Martinelli, you might feel like you can cover that. 
And and the player I wanted most this week, more than anyone, was Madison. I wanted to convert Gordon into Madison. I don't have the funds to to do that without big surgery. So I'm happy to go without. But when looking at these 8 million mids, guys, because you can get the likes of Bowen at a similar price, who had a good haul at the weekend with his 14 points. I always just look at the team they play for and the goals in that team. Picking an attacking mid, an 8 million asset, you need to be guaranteed when you're spending 8 million that that team he's playing for is going to score two plus goals a game or have a very good chance of two plus goals a game. Now, Foden and Saka have that every single time they play. doesn't matter who they're playing. You always back City and Arsenal to get two goals. You wouldn't be surprised. West Ham, massively you don't until the weekend just gone. I don't think they had scored two in the Premier League this season. So again, that's that's where my thinking comes with a lot of those assets. Leicester are another one you, you do usually back for two. Mm. Yeah, no, very good. Um, Defence. I mean, we talk about all the Ooh, points you got with De Bruyne bad. and Marcelli and Kane and Haaland. I mean, it was big at the back at the start of the season. Lots of people, five at the back, myself included. Then it was four. You've started with four. But now we're seeing lots of people going for three and, yeah. and boosting up the midfield. I mean, Pope, Cancelo, Perisic and James. There's a lot of money in those players. Yeah. All blanked. None of them, I mean, Pope, okay, has, has done well this season. But Perisic, James and Cancelo haven't really hit big heights uh, this season. Are you a bit worried about that, given how much money you've put into defence? I've been disappointed. I've been disappointed with Perisic, especially. Um, I think he's added an assist or maybe two assists. Um, he's always had three, but I think I only owned him for two of them. Um, yeah, a little bit disappointing because I thought we were going to get more goal threat from yeah, him. Yeah, no goals for, for him yeah. in these kind of eight games. And he hasn't really looked like scoring. He has looked like getting more assists. Um, and he was unlucky. Kane missed a penalty, which would have been a Perisic assist, worth noting. Um, I did own him for that. But yeah, a little bit disappointing. And I must admit, when looking to, and we'll talk more about my moves in a minute, one player on the chopping block is Perisic. And mm. part of that reason is is the Champions League fixtures coming thick and fast and, it, and the rotation we might see from him. But I've been disappointed with my back line. I've been disappointed most, though, as with my goalkeepers. I've not had a goalkeeper clean sheet all season. <laughs> I started with the Leicester lads. I then yep. moved to Melier for a couple of weeks before a wild card. I think maybe only two weeks. I then wild carded and brought in Pope, who faced Bournemouth and had the lowest expected goals against him all season and still conceded. And then Pope again this weekend. What a pointless goal from Bobby, Bobby Deco Dover Reed. And then in the 88th minute at 4 0 down with 10 men, I didn't realise Trippier was off the pitch because I was out. So he I was took gutted. Three I defenders off. He took three defenders off three minutes before they scored. My <laughs> Botman, word. Botman, Cher, and Trippier all came off. Oh, so I was devastated with that because I just want a goalkeeper clean sheet. To think that maximum keeper points I've had all season has been two yeah. is ridiculous. Like we're, we're game week 10. Well, I'm, I'm in exactly the same boat. I mean, I've, I had the Leicester double up and then I switched over to Henderson uh, and missed all of his hauls and, and not had any goalkeeper points either. I mean, you can see on my wall right there, that's um, Emmy Martinez from a few seasons oh, yeah. ago. <laughs> the reason he's on my wall was because it was so nice just to have that Set position locked down and not have to yeah. worry about it all year because you know people with Pope you know you've got the double up with, with Newcastle when the fixtures turn people might not want that double up and Trippier yeah. is, is offering such good value you know I think you know people are, and then everything else is so spread out I mean you know some people have still got the lesser double up well that isn't working you know Sanchez we've now got this new attacking manager and we think we're going to concede more you know yeah. people who, who started this with Ramsdale I mean Arsenal haven't been keeping it you know haven't been keeping it tight so there's not really a clear goalkeeper that's that's emerged 
um, you know, there normally is by this point. Normally, at this point, it was meant got... to be Pope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd say, I'd say, for the last three or four seasons, we've all we've had a four point five keeper who yeah. has been a, a, a you know a really good option for us. You know, we've had Martinez before last season. Um, it was Ramsdale at uh, Sheffield United. It was Ramsdale, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, we've had Ramsdale at Sheffield United and, and at Arsenal last year because he was, he was oh, 4.5, yeah, wasn't he, at, at Arsenal? Uh, well, for half the season, anyway. And then, it, then again, it was it's difficult. But can't underestimate that. Every week, just getting, you know, three or four points, save points, getting the old clean sheet, getting the big a big haul. It's, yeah. it's really important, that, that keeper spot. It's not something you want to be messing with. So, yeah. We had Nick Pope at Burnley for a bit as well, didn't we? We Who did. Was amazing. Oh, when incredible. Burnley was sort of finishing around sort of mid-table each season, yeah. he was a great asset. Yeah. And Heaton before that, you know, there's so many, been so many good goalkeepers. So we're just waiting for that one to kind of emerge. And yeah, at the moment, I just, I just don't know who it's uh, going to be. Um, let's take a look at your team then for game week 10, as it's set up. Obviously, we've got Champions League and kind of other things to think about. You're in a good position though. Uh, two free transfers, 0.1 million in the bank. At the moment, your Pope, Cancelo, Trippier, Perisic and James keeping staying big at the back. Uh, De Bruyne, Bailey comes in, uh, Martinelli, Kane, Haaland and Mitrovic. What a disappointment that was for Mitrovic and, and Fulham. Yeah, he's been another disappointing one on the wild card. There's two blanks. You know, we, we didn't expect a blank versus Nottingham Forest. They went and scored three there. Uh, and he came off early. We knew he was carrying a knock from his time with Serbia. We saw him limping after the game with the ice pack on his ankle. But again, this will be one for training photos. Like... And press conferences, of course, but I need to see him on the grass. I need mm. to see him training because, uh, again, we can never fully trust what managers say. I could, don't know off the top of my head if Silver's a good or a bad one, but the likes of Eddie Howe, for example, going into a press conference, don't take what he says as gospel. You know, he said Isak was back training and could play, and then, of course, he didn't. I didn't expect him to because it's Eddie Howe. Um, but yeah, Mitro's been disappointing. Um, I think I'm, I'm happy to hold him, though. He's Even if we know he's out for West Ham, Knowing Mitrovic plays Bournemouth, Villa, Leeds, Everton after that, mm. he's a longer term hold for me. Like I do think with Mitro, you've a bit like when you've owned Pookie in the past, when you're playing for teams that aren't that reliable in front of goal, but you are the talisman in that team. And you could say the same for Tony at Brentford. Rather than pick and choosing your weeks, you probably have to commit to them and ride it out. Tony does exactly the same to you. Like He doesn't always deliver when he should and then will against perhaps tougher opposition. Well, Mitro might be similar, but you need to own him for a four, five, six, seven game week stretch. Um, so yeah, my plan here is I don't love the fact the way my team's set up with three million, I have to start a Bailey, a Gordon, a Nico Williams or an Andreas every week. So I, my, my player 11 in my, my player 11 is always going to be weak. Last week I went Gordon this week at the moment I'm on Bailey. My plan, however, with my two frees, I still don't know for sure, but I want to upgrade Gordon. I really want to, if I can improve Gordon and Gordon becomes that 11th player, that spot, then I don't have to start Bailey this week. And I don't really want Bailey in, but I'm happy owning him as bench fodder. Um, So who does Gordon go to? Well, he could go, this sounds very, very reactionary as, and very knee jerky. He could go down to a player who's 5 million and smashing it at the moment. He started every Premier League game so far. He's scoring goals. He should have had a hat-trick at the weekend if it wasn't for VAR. And that is Almiron. Now, it sounds really reactionary, but when I wildcarded in game week eight, I genuinely spoke on this very stream saying, I might not go Gordon. I might go Almiron. Maybe it wasn't on the scout stream. It was someone else's. But I definitely said that. So I was looking at Almiron, and he's just reinforced the fact that I think he's a good pick um, with goals again this weekend. So Gordon could go down to Almiron, or I could upgrade Gordon 
if I downgraded Perisic, because he is one that I, I am keen to ship on eventually. So Perisic could go down to a 4.5. That gives me over a million to upgrade. I could, again, be a very reactionary. Gordon Strahd could work for me. Oh, getting in Trossard. So that would mean going down to a, to, Perisic down to a 4.5 and then Gordon up to, to Trossard. Well, any, any 4.5 defenders kind of? On your list, I could of- go down to a, a to West Ham and, and and go even slightly lower than a four point five. I could go to Palace and go to Gahey for a four point mm. three. Uh, Zuma's four point five. I do like the goal threat Zuma carries because I just think he's so good in the air. Hang time Zuma. Um, but yeah, West Ham have got options. So have Crystal Palace. But again, I'm not absolutely sold who I'd go to. Um, but yeah, that's definitely a thought. It certainly won't be a player that has the sort of upside of a Perisic. But I do like the Palace fixtures and I do like the West Ham fixtures. I also like the teams and I like the managers for clean sheets. So your top two targets are Trossard and Almiron, both who scored, yeah. I believe, last week. Yeah, yeah. Just sounds so... That's why I was trying <laughs> to justify the whole thing with... I was honestly looking at Almiron <laughs> on my wildcard. And Trossard is a player I've... I've, I've I don't know why I'm being so defensive about this. Trossard is a player I've owned before and I, I rate highly. It also looks like Deserby's playing him a little bit more central. The yeah. first thing I did on Sunday morning, because I missed a lot of the football on Saturday, was go straight to the average position map and I just wanted to see how Brighton set up and I, I posted it straight away Sunday morning on Twitter and it was nice to see Trossard and Welbeck very close together, yeah. very central. I yeah. think Trossard's going to be an unbelievable it's, asset it's, this it's, season. It's, it's, it's not, it's not knee-jerky to be getting Trossard, I don't think. I think, you know, Brighton have just scored three goals at Anfield. He's playing right up close and top to goal. He's he's by far the standard option in the Brighton team. The, the only thing is the fixtures, but you know, we've got Brentford and Forest coming up as well. I know we've got Spurs yeah. and City, but, you know, it's only really City that I think, we, you know, we, we will struggle to score against. I think every other team is looking a bit... A bit ropey, and I mean, even City have just conceded a, a load of goals to Man United in the second half. Yeah, so Trossard scores against big teams as well. Yeah, I'm sure he, does. he scored against a couple against Spurs last season. Yeah, we, as well. we we do all right against big teams. We you know we, yeah. we, we you know obviously it's a different manager now, and we're kind of City, but the early signs to me are are that you know we're we're going to kick on a bit and 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 score more goals. That's what I'm hoping for anyway. So yeah, I, I really I really like Trossard as a pick, and you know I've got Pascal Gross, and I'm keeping on to him. Um, he didn't offer much, but again, he was playing advance and hype the pitch and you never know these things yep. can kind of switch around but yeah Trossard for sure is, is definitely the kind of standout yeah um, Almiron I should mention that if when Isak is fit we could see a front three of Isak, St Max and Wilson and Almiron will become a rotation risk but at the moment he's higher in the pecking order than other fringe players like Jacob Murphy or mm. Ryan Fraser so at the moment he's he's starting and he started every game but when they're at full strength I would I would worry about long-term starts there whilst of course Trossard's just the main man yep I mean, just coming back to Mitro quickly, I mean, he played 36 minutes against Newcastle. He had the sort of injury doubt in the first game of the internationals. Uh, that got allayed. He started the next game, then finished that match with an ice pack on his leg. Everyone kind of said, that's normal. Don't worry about it. Then plays 36 minutes and comes off in a, in a big game for him personally, you know, as a, someone who's yeah. been released from Newcastle. He wouldn't have wanted to have come off in that game. The key talisman in that side, obviously, and then they go on and, and lose the game. I mean, they had already had a red card at that time. So maybe, again, it was kind of, precaution we haven't heard much yet I mean let's say Mitrovic is out for a while let's say he has picked up a bit of a knock and he's, he's going to be out for four four weeks or something like that difficult to know what to do with him isn't it because there isn't really anyone around I mean there's Tony okay but you've got to find a bit of extra money to go from him other than that I mean you're going down to like a Solanke oh don't don't someone I know <laughs> or I, I guess you're you're in a good position with two free transfers because you, you could get Trossard in for example who's around the same price 
Yeah, I think I think that'd be it. I would I could either turn Mitrovic into complete bench fodder, although mm. with game week twelve coming around the corner, we know we want starters, right? For our fringe players, knowing City and Arsenal assets. So I'd probably end up trying to find the money for Tony if we thought he was out long, long term. But if he was only missing if he's only missing West Ham, you're absolutely fine. You keep him. If he's missing West Ham and Bournemouth, you've got the question. If it's two games plus, yeah. but if it's one game, you're absolutely fine. And I think it's more likely to be one than the two. Um, but yeah, again, this is going to be one for, for training pictures and press conferences, which is why, guys, hold your moves, certainly because of the European football this week, but also there's a fair few flagged players like Mitro. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, someone like Gabriel Jesus, for example, would be someone that you could oh. look to go up to, but you can't because they've got the blank coming yeah. up. So he was excellent, though, wasn't he? Arsenal were excellent again. And his XG, mate, was super high as well. Yeah. He had like a 1.4 XG in the game. Like he is doing really well from an FPL perspective and scoring points every week, but there's way more room for improvement in terms of points there. He is getting the chances, which is what we want as FPL fans. Mm. We want to see him get the chances and then recruit him. I'm sure Gabriel Jesus is going to score big, big numbers for the second half of the season. Yeah, he's, he's in job because his ownership's dropping. He's, he was at 80%, now he's at 69.4. So, you know, people have got that blank in mind and the tough fixtures, and they have been selling him, myself included, and you. Yeah. Um, but every game I watch, he doesn't look like any justification, really, for, for getting rid of him. What are we thinking? I know, I feel like he could hit big, big holes every week. He looks great. So I think particularly after game week 12, I think a lot of people are going to be looking to bring him back in. I mean, Southampton and Forest. Uh, in 13 and 14, I don't think I want to be going into those two games without him. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So so you might end up having to sell a Metro to get him in for those yeah. weeks anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, last question, as I ask you every week, uh, Captain C, any... Oh, it's always any, a short chat, isn't it? <laughs> any, you know, any kind of temptation for anyone else? such a good one isn't it South, Southampton at home is so good they are one of the few teams in the league you could go oh you you could see eight nine goals because yeah. Southampton always have a go which is often naive against a team like City especially when you're at the Etihad um saying that no no no, no. it's a really it's an amazing fixture it's it's an amazing fixture and you look around some of the other options and there just isn't any other standout fixtures. I mean, you know, Forest, if you're looking to, to for a team playing the Whipping Boys, which is Forest at the moment, or they're playing Villa. Villa look absolutely oh, awful. Yeah. You're not going to captain any of them. United away, Everton. Everton have conceded the mo- least goals in the league so far of all teams. Frank, super Frank. Super Frank. Arsenal, Liverpool. I mean, it's the, it's the game in the Premier League that historically has had the most goals. So you could look at that and think it's interesting, but... I mean, you're, they're top teams, right? You're two top teams playing each other. You're not going to back against Haaland against Southampton. Brighton v Spurs, I mean, that could be high scoring. But again, you wouldn't be surprised if, if it was a tight game or at least a, a close game between them. Hard to know which way it's going to go. So, yeah, I think it's just... it's a, it's. I feel sorry for Joe and um, and Tom on the captaincy video tomorrow because... Oh, yeah, that'll be a short one. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> know how they're going to sell anyone else but, but Harlow this week, but yeah. The, the Arsenal fixtures are interesting because I think this is a team, doesn't matter who they're playing now, they've shown against Spurs, they look like they're going to have a go and score goals. And against United the week before that, I thought Arsenal were really unlucky. Mm. I thought they dominated the North London derby. A couple of weeks ago, after, off the back of that defeat at Old Trafford, I did a prediction for top four this season and I said Arsenal will definitely get it. And I said Arsenal could even get second this season. Mm. They're that good. I actually put them in second in my my prediction. I think they'll beat Liverpool and I thought they would beat Spurs and they did. 
that's they're really strong this year. They also don't have to go and play Champions League football midweek. Mm. So sure, they're playing the Europa, but it's very different. You can rest players, you can focus in different areas. So Martinelli and and your Jesuses, I think, are still good picks. And you know, if you've got a Trent, I don't think you're going to get a clean sheet yet again, which is a huge amount of money for a defender like Trent when clean sheets look look nowhere near. Yeah, I think Gabriel Jesus would be the player that I would captain yeah. if Haaland wasn't the factor, but he is. So let's not let's not dwell too much on it. Uh, Janny, awesome stuff as always. Thank you. I really hope you have a good time in Qatar and Thank raise you, lots of money and lots of awareness. Well, I appreciate Scout support with that as well as like it's awesome that you guys you know contribute with super chats to to Street Child United, which is of course the beneficiary of the Game Week Thirty Nine football match. So the FPL community like proper behind us as a very small organisation, which is awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Cheers um, to you. Q&A on, on Friday. Um, 50% of all money goes to Street Judge United, as always, with myself and Sam. Sometimes you make a little guest appearance as well, which is which is nice. Um, but yeah, do do check out, uh, yeah, follow Janny uh, on Twitter. You can get all the updates, I'm sure, from the World Cup uh, next week. Um, but yeah, have a great time and I'll see you probably in a couple of weeks when you're back. Thanks, mate. See you soon. <laughs> 